0: Good to see you all. I know there's still a bit of sign-in happening and stuff, but that's okay. We'll uh, jump back into things. Well, as Karen said, obviously we've had a we've had a great week for the guys, and uh, but you know what? When it's when it's for the guys, it's not just for the guys, because <laughs> when it's for the guys, it's for families, and so no one misses out. And uh, you take the city by taking the men. Uh, Is anyone here this morning? It feels like the morning after. Is is it just me? You need to rev yourselves up a little bit this morning. Give someone a punch in the shoulder. Go on, just give them a punch. (laughs) Sometimes you just need to fire up a little bit. And it takes, yeah, that's it. I like it. Come on, we need, we need a bit of... Uh... Actually, this week, Karen and I and some of our team went out to Revival City Church on Tuesday night, part of the ACC uh, State Conference. And uh, on the Tuesday night, um, Pastor Dave Hall, who's the, the head of the ACC here in SA, uh, we didn't know this, we were trying to hide with, with the team, and he pulled us out, prayed over us, and, and the ACC really adopted us. And so many of the the pastors came up to us afterwards and just said, welcome to the family, welcome to the family. So we need to let you guys know we're part of the family now. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that that's you guys. And um, so we'll, we'll, we'll have Pastor Dave, down at some stage. I'm making no commitments, um, but uh, and and you'll hear more about that. But it's a, it's a, it's a big family. There's a lot of great leaders. There's a lot of great people, um, and and a lot of connections. We even had one lady who was a great great granddaughter of the founding pastor of Morphaville Baptist Church come up to us and say, wow, I'm part of this movement as well, and you're now joining, and it's now full circle. And, uh, and so you never know what God's going to do, do you? Okay, you need to give someone a high five. You, re- you really do. A nice, strong high five. Have we got any wine in the back there or something? Coffee. Did we have coffee this morning? Uh, it's good. Well, it's good to see everyone here this morning. Obviously, it was a great week and um, it's, it's worth celebrating. When God does something significant, it's worth celebrating. There were lots of guys uh, saved, transformed, strengthened um, during the week, but both on Sunday and on, uh, on Thursday night. And I've been getting messages nonstop. For, since Thursday night, just uh, and Steve has as well, and he's been sending them to me. So I've been getting all the messages from our guys, and then other messages from other guys. So many guys! This room was packed, full of men, uh, strong, hungry men uh, who who touched something special. And and uh, a lot. Some of it was seed sown, others were were just saved instantly. Uh, but it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And so. Um, we wanna, we wanna really go after, go after what God's on. And so, is, is that okay this morning? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Awesome. Anyway, so should we jump in? Yeah. Well. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Do you agree? It's everything. Timing. 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 Ecclesiastes three one says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens for many years i think it's about 18 years i sat in that little cage there Uh, in fact we didn't have a cage for a while um, and our building was terrible acoustically um, but now it's phenomenal and I, i sat and drummed in that cage and we used to have revival prayer on Friday night, so i drum on Friday night. Youth was Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, four times in a weekend. Years and years, and Karen was worship leader, years and years and years of doing that four times uh, every weekend, and then conferences and everything on top of that. And uh, I learned about timing very quickly, because I'll always remember at one time, um, my older brother Brett was worship leading and um and i remember my because we have an in-ears system my in-ears went out or the battery went flat or something went wrong or it might have even fallen out actually because that happened. you see all these chaotic things happens in that drum don't they jared it's like jared you wouldn't even know it but he breaks sticks in there he has all sorts of little things no one even knows what's going on anyway so my thing fell out and when that comes out you can't hear a thing it's it's like, it's like behind the Great Wall of China behind there. So all you're doing is you're looking for some little metronome, like someone's foot tapping or someone clapping or something to get back in time. But, but this one time, I, I couldn't find anyone. I think everyone was out of time. And I remember Brett looking over at me with that glare from the keyboard of, what the hell are you doing? You're, you're way out of time. And um, brothers are allowed to do that. And, um, and I, I'm not even sure. I think I just stopped playing, actually, just because when it's a mess, it's, it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. Anyway, so I, I've, I know a lot about timing, about when you go out, nothing works. You want to be in perfect timing with God's plan for your life. You don't want to get out of time. You don't want to get out of season because when he's speaking, when he's on something, it means something. And it's very powerful when we are in step with him. It's not so powerful when we're out of kilter with him. When when we're out, it's, it is a misaligned wheel. It really is bad. And so uh, it really takes a little bit of effort to get back into sync with him when we've been out. Some people have been out of church for a long, long time and there's this a little bit of jadedness on them because they haven't been in this for a while. They don't realise it because they, they generally take a posture of something is wrong with the church. We are the church. We are the church. If something is wrong with the church, then there's something wrong with us. And people who observe the church and say that there's something wrong with the church, they don't realize they're, they're talking to the mirror. They're talking to the mirror. There's something wrong with me because I am the church. If you're a believer, you're the church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And so we don't ever listen to people who try and take you away from the body of Christ. Don't ever listen to people who try and take you away from that. We've all been hurt. We've all been wounded, we've all been jaded, we've all had bad things happen, but as I heard, actually it might have even been Steve or someone said recently, you know, typically uh, Crows fans are a little bit different, but typically you don't leave your footy club when they offend you by losing a lot and by doing things that you don't agree with, appointing a wrong coach. You don't just dump them. But, but Christians have this attitude that they've been hurt, they've been wounded, so they won't be part of that thing anymore. That is an orphan heart that needs healing. It's an orphan heart that needs healing because everyone, everyone, everyone is needed in the body of Christ. And so it's a great way to stay in sync, is be part of a body of Christ. And... Um, Interestingly enough, earlier in the year, you might remember, we were going to have Steve Weatherford out here and and it was kind of a little higgledy-piggledy on the plans and I was getting frustrated. I'm like, yeah, we'll sort of set this thing up and now it's not going to happen. But God knew what was best. He knew it wasn't the right time. It was better later in the year. And to be honest, it was better later in the year. And so God's timing is perfect. So even when he closes doors, It's a blessing. Even when he shuts doors straight on our face and we go, oh, I want to break that thing down, it's a blessing. And so the key then is to get in sync with him by listening to the Father. Galatians 6.9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. When we're listening to the Father, we will recognize the seasons and the times and we will understand what he is doing. And we won't be frustrated because his closing doors will say, OK, that's good. That wasn't meant to happen. And we now do this a lot, Karen and I, when, when something's just not gelling, unless we feel it's something we've got to pray and fast for and break down walls, uh, you know, which is, a, which is a time and there's a season for that as well. But generally speaking, if we're trying to push and make something happen and it's just not gelling, it's not gelling with either of us or in the scenario, we watch it really closely. There's a little orange flag that pops up and we go, let's not push that thing. Because if we don't wanna push it in our own flesh, because if we push it in our own flesh, we might reap what we're sowing. And we don't wanna reap that. I wanna give you the worst example. I think this will be, this will top anyone's example. The worst example, and it's my own, of pushing one's own barrow. Do you wanna hear it or or should we shut the show down? All right. So uh, most of you know, we owned quite a large manufacturing business uh, in Lonsdale, and um, we were breaking all records. We, I mean, I, we, we originally started with a small winder and a big winder, and I had those things pumping full of pipe 24-7. Uh, we were employing every marijuana surfy from the southern region. Um, um, yeah, Steve will pray for deliverance afterwards. But every southern dude between the ages of 18 and 30... Uh, we had working for us pretty much, and um, and it was it was going great guns. And I remember our distributor, our national distributor, the biggest PVC pipe manufacturer in uh, in Australia. Uh, they were putting pressure on me. You know, big executives with suits and ties and slick hair and all that kind of thing. They flew down to Adelaide and said, "Man, we need we need to uh, to meet this demand because this demand doesn't last forever. You need to expand. You need to expand," and. Who knows that when you have people who you're intimidated by come and tell you you need to do this, it's very easy to just comply. It's very easy to say, okay, we have to do this. And all of a sudden, this big monster called intimidation and obligation sits on your shoulder, and you've got to do that thing. Despite your reason, despite good common sense and despite your own nature or maybe taking time you just feel compelled you have to do this thing well i had that compelled obligation to meet the demand and i remember karen and i had some chats um that didn't go particularly well between we had some board meetings between each other and um because we were the two shareholders and um i remember just saying no we we need this second second machine now a second winder is 10 million dollars and so it's not small bickies, right? And so we're, we're talking this thing through. I know Karen didn't really want to put in a second winder, but i got to meet the demand. i got to meet the demand. I'm, I'm compelled to do this thing. I, I have to do this thing. And so sure enough, Karen was gracious enough to, um, to agree. And um, we signed the documents and, uh, with the bank and because obviously that means going into further debt and we purchased this new machine we got the new machine in and of course it was pumping out pipe it was it was fantastic but then when some stress comes on the business we're fully geared and it tips you over and so it nearly it nearly sunk us it nearly sunk us when I I look back to this day and if I you know, there's been plenty of mistakes, of course, throughout my life. But if I look at it, it's like that mistake, if it weren't for that, it, it we just would not have had the pressure that we had. And many of you would be able to look throughout your life where you've been intimidated and you've made silly mistakes because someone else applied pressure to you or because someone else said, you have to do this or someone else put something on you that you then took and you felt compelled to comply or follow through with and it wasn't necessarily God's timing. Well, that was a harsh lesson for me because I, I look back to this day and I still probably carry scars from it. Yes, I've done healing and forgiveness and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, you still look back and go, wow, what would have happened had I not done that? And, and many of you can do the same thing. You look back and you look back in your life and go, wow, what would have happened had I not done that? God is a redeemer He is a redeemer, but he actually wants us to learn from the mistakes. And that's that's the message for this morning. Learn from those mistakes. When things have gone wrong with other people, learn from that. When things have gone wrong financially, learn from that. When things have gone wrong, even in your own spirit, maybe unforgiveness or unchecked things or things undealt with things, learn from that. Because the only way we grow is changing those mistakes and learning from those mistakes. So what have I learned from that mistake? Well, we, we've learned that so clear that we've never... I don't think... I think it's fair to say... Karen and Talia having a chat. But I think it's fair to say I'll get some verification. Since then, I don't think we've done anything out of disagreement, have we? She said no. I should give her the mic. She said no. <laughs> Since then... I've learned the lesson. She's learnt the lesson because she's got stories as well. But but you carry those things and then you say, okay, never again. Never again. And there's some of you guys uh, who, guys and girls, <laughs> or maybe married couples who sometimes you make decisions and they're just out of kilter. There's one's pushing one thing, one's not sure. Just make today, make that a rule in your marriage. We never do anything out of agree outside of agreement because when you're in agreement there's power there's authority it's it's also an issue that you can't come back on each other and blame each other if you're in agreement then you're in it and so it's a really really powerful thing Acts chapter 1 4 says this on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command this is Jesus do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. Sometimes it means waiting. Sometimes listening to the Father and watching his timing means doing absolutely nothing. Zero. Zip. It's very hard for us in our modern world, isn't it? Very hard because it's so easy to flick out a message or, you know, I know for me, I'm a connector, so I like connecting with people, but there's every now and then I'll just feel... Um, the Holy Spirit just go, no, that's not the right one or that's not the right time. And it, it actually takes a lot to not pursue that thing. And there'll be some of you who are the same. It's like, have that conversation or maybe you start that conversation and you'll get a little check in your head that this is going down a rabbit hole that I shouldn't be going down. And the power and authority for you in growing is stopping it. When you stop that conversation, when you stop that conversation going down the rabbit hole, that's when you start gaining authority. That's when you're learning the timing of the Lord. Because for a lot of us, it's it's just those silly things we say sometimes to fill up air or conversation or whatever it is. But when, when we stop ourselves, I'm telling you, there's real power in doing nothing. Real power. Psalm 27.4 uh, sorry, 27.14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. It's funny that it says it twice in one verse. It's very important. It's very important to wait on him. It's very important to hear from him. I'll take a little pause there because I've just remembered. We, we have four weeks coming up. We have Josh Pittman next week, by the way. Um, make sure you come full of energy, Okay. Josh is young. He's he's ready. He needs encouragement. Come full of beans. We're gonna double the caffeine uh, next Sunday morning. You won't know it, but there's gonna be double in those shots. Um, but we got we got Pastor Josh next week, and then the week after we've got. I might get the order wrong. we got my dad preaching. The week after that, we got Pastor Derek Andrews from Tree of Life in Brighton coming and preach. And the last week, fourth week in October, October is like a month of guests. Uh, We have, um, who am I forgetting? Chad Chad Mansbridge. (laughs) We are flying Chad out here from New South Wales just to come and preach for you guys. And we're doing that. Why am I saying all that? Because Karen and I are taking a month out. And we're going to wait on the Lord. Yes, we're going to be in the sun in Florida at a resort. <laughs> but, but we felt to go and take a, a mini sabbatical, if you like. Uh, but we wanted to supercharge this place while we're away. And so we've got four great guests uh, coming to preach and share for you guys. And uh, we've set that up so that this month is going to be an amazing month. How does that sound? Awesome. 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 And that's just a bit of context, so you, so you know what's going on. But uh, fantastic. Waiting on the Lord. Here's, here's my main um, point of today. And I'm going to read from, uh, it's a bit of a longer passage. The guys won't have it up on the screen because it's, it's a bit longer. Most of you know the story of Moses, and the Israelites into the desert. The first time round, the Lord speaks to Moses because uh, they're desperate for water in a desert the lord speaks to moses and says strike the rock and water will come out and water comes out and they all have water and there's probably a river or a lake and it's incredible the second time round sometime later the same thing happens famine they're they're famished they're turning against him uh, and the lord says to moses speak to the rock so let's let's read what happens uh 20 verse 1 Then the sons of Israel the whole congregation came in the, uh, to the wilderness of Zin in the first month and the people stayed at Kadesh now Miriam died there and was buried there There was no water for the congregation and they assembled themselves against Moses and Aaron The people thus contended with Moses and spoke saying if only we had uh, perished when our brothers perished before the Lord why then have you brought the Lord's assembly into this wilderness for us to uh, for our beasts to die here Why have you made us come up from Egypt to bring us into this wretched place? It's not a place of grain or vines or or figs or pomegranates, nor is there water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron came in from the presence of the assembly of the doorway of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, and you and your brother Aaron on assemble. On assemble the congregation and speak to the rock before their eyes that it may yield its water. You shall thus bring forth water for them out of the rock and let the congregation and their beasts drink. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord, just as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock and he said to them, Listen now, you rebels. Wouldn't that be interesting if pastors spoke to their flock like that? (laughs) Shall we bring forth water? for you out of this rock then Moses lifted up his hands and struck the rock twice with his rod and water came forth abundantly and the congregation and their beast drank but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron because you have not believed me no uh, to treat me as holy in sight of the sons of Israel therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them in other words Moses and Aaron wouldn't see the promised land the one thing that they were called to do they wouldn't see It's interesting, out of this passage, there's so many lessons for us. But this shows the human nature of compulsion when we've got to do something our way. When we do things our way, we will not see the promised land. We only see the promised land when we do it His way. And you know what? I'm I'm learning more and more, and particularly for the next generation, and even us as a whole church, we've got to learn this more and more and more. We have to listen to the new way. We have to listen to the new way because the old way doesn't work. Not saying the Bible, Holy Spirit, Jesus, Gospel, Cross, all of that is locked in. But there's a language, and, and we saw this on Thursday night with men. If I try too much church them, they're not coming. But if we learn their language... We can still preach the gospel hardcore, see them healed, delivered, saved, you name it. But we learn the language, we open the doors and they they are coming in. And so this is a a challenge for us. It's a challenge for the church is to not just strike the rock in the same old way all the time, just because that's what worked in the past, but to listen to the Father and to watch and say, what are you doing? What do you need now? What are you saying now? And be in step with him. And so... Moses, I mean, I think this is a really harsh punishment of the Lord, but Moses has many crowns, I'm sure, in heaven. But ultimately, we are called to do what he's saying today, not what he said yesterday oftentimes we run off yesterday's anointing yesterday's prophecy yesterday's word or or yesterday's revelation and, and some of those things are good we've got to keep them and dig them up and they complement where we're going today but we want to be current in the Lord's plan for our lives we want to be in today's voice and then we won't make those same mistakes it's it's a it's a real challenge in in today's world, I think, in Christian circles, I mean, obviously we have a school, church, is to really listen in into what what do we keep and what don't we keep. Because uh, uh, young people have access now to the biggest and best instantly. used to have to read books and go to TAFE and uni and do courses and get a degree and all that stuff. Now you get instant access to the best people in five minutes in a real it, it's so fast it's so accessible now we we've got to change our mindsets so that we can see how God might use that same speed of access in the church but it but it means not striking the rock the old way it means not doing the same thing just because that's the way we do it and hey who knows what that looks like. I mean, COVID threw everything out and threw it back again and then stopped and started and stopped and started. And, and here we're still, we're still okay. So we know we can change, but we have to hear what he's saying to us. I want to summarize it by finishing with this. And that is when we are called by God, we are anointed by God. When we're anointed by God, We will follow his will. Let me give you an example. David, King David, everyone knows about King David. Incredible story, incredible battles, incredible warrior, victories. But David was was anointed by Samuel at around 15 years of age. That's very young. He was anointed, as in the anointing oil poured on him, as in you are anointed to be king of this land. Now, a few years later, he then took out Goliath. He's still a young man, uh, maximum 19 years' age. He was under 20. And so what we see here is he was anointed, and then a few years later, he won a great battle, probably the greatest battle of, of all time, against Goliath. And then from 15, it was another 15 years before he became king. Don't be discouraged if you feel like you're anointed, but you haven't got the appointing yet. because the anointing and the appointing often come at separate times. It's the timing of God. The anointing comes and it's like the start it's like the starting of the engine. But as most of you know, we love riding motocross bikes and um, motocross bikes in winter. Don't love starting on cold mornings, and so they have a thing called. Well, the modern bikes don't really, but the older bikes have this thing called choke. And you, you remember the old cars? You have to pull out that thing, the choke. Uh, well, we have them on our motorbikes. So you have to pull out the choke. And um, so we we had uh, Steve and Phil Harris up this week, and we rode some motorbikes. And I actually left the choke on on one of the bikes that Phil was riding, it and it's bogging out. Sort of, so he couldn't ride very well. And um, but that, that's what happens on the cold of winter. You've got to choke the bikes. You've got to give them a little bit more um, to know, okay, this thing's, this thing's going to ride. But that, that's very similar to us on a, on a cold morning or a Sunday morning or whenever it is, God will call you and he will anoint you. But then it takes some time. Then you need the choke on. You need the choke on. You might need the choke on for a few years to keep it hot, to keep it warm, to keep your faith. Here's how we often keep the choke on, worship music. Worship music is us putting the choke on, maybe in the car, maybe in the sauna, maybe in the gym, maybe on your walks, on Sundays, that's us putting, uh, that, that's us putting the choke on. Where's Sean? I saw Sean here. Sean is a great businessman. Here's a concreting business. If anyone needs concreting done, call Sean. Absolutely fantastic! We had Sean do some concreting for us recently, and uh, bright, bright one morning, six a.m. I think we were actually still in bed, but um, which is rare for us. But on goes the worship music, and I'm like, "What the heck is that?" Worship music cranking. Of course, we knew. We're like, "Sean's here." When Sean does work at your house with his employees, the worship music's cranking the whole time. The choke is on the choke is on. The choke is on. The anointing, keep the choke on. And you keep the choke on until the thing's warm. If you feel like maybe you're wobbly even in your faith and and not quite strong and you know there's been anointing but there hasn't been appointing, keep the choke on until there's the appointing. Keep it on. Keep it on. Keep the pressure on. Don't give up. Some of you have felt like it's too hard. I'm giving up. I don't know what I'm going to do. This has been way too long. For David, it was 15 years before he became king. And then when he became king, it wasn't exactly beer and skittles. It was a tough road. He, but he won battles and battles and battles. And so the, we need the anointing to get us through the appointing. Because if we don't have the anointing, when the appointing comes, we won't be prepared. And so that's, that's why Christians want to be filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says, go on being filled with the Spirit. Go on putting the choke on. And when you're warm enough, you can turn the choke off. It's okay. Then you just let it rip. Then you let it go. I took, took Steve Weatherford on um, one of our bikes. I could tell I was dinking. He didn't know what dinking was. I said, I'll oh, dink here. He's like, what the heck is that? <laughs> so he jumped on the back. And he's not a small man. Um, and, uh, and I thought, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of adrenaline. And so I gave, him, I gave him some throttle and I could feel him grabbing me tight. I'm like, "Ah, oh, he's, not, he's not as powerful as he thinks he is. I gave him a little bit more. But every single one of you in this room has a throttle. Every single one of you has a spiritual throttle that God has given you. And only you can throttle it. Only you can set the destiny of your life. Only you can set where you're going to go, what you're going to do, who you're going to listen to, what you're going to listen to, how you're going to believe, what you're going to step out into in the next couple of months. You have the throttle. If you're filled with the Spirit, you have the anointing. Sometimes we feel it. Most of the times we don't. Let's be honest. Let's, let's be real honest. You know, you might see one person who's floating on, Rob Connor, he's always floating on a cloud. He's just floating, he's dropping lemons off us all the time. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. He's always praising the Lord. I'm sure when he's sleeping, he's sleeping. But there are, there are people who you would look at and you would think that they're just always filled with the Spirit, but they go through stuff as well. We might not see it. But we're all on a different journey, but we all have a throttle to use. And I want to encourage you this morning that the only way you're going to grow and we're going to grow and we're going to see this region taken in bigger and better ways for the Lord is for each of us to know the timing of God, to know His timing, know His heartbeat. And for some of us, if you're like me, and I'm in this camp, for some of you who do things under compulsion and pressure and you're just love to control and activate things don't just learn to not and let him speak to you and let him do it and when you feel that little control bug you know just kill that thing kill that thing and and it might take months and months and months and years of learning how to not do that and watch what happens watch what happens Because God loves to redeem us. He loves to redeem personalities. And when we give our personality, because you might think, oh, that's been generations. My mum was like that. My dad was like that. That's okay. But you don't have to be. You don't have to be. He loves to redeem even personalities and people and marriages and mistakes and errors and control freaks. You name it. He wants to redeem all of that stuff. But timing is the key. Let's stand this morning. yeah, let's just close our eyes and lift our hands. And Lord, we just give you this time. We give you this couple of minutes and we let go of stuff that we've got wrong in the past because we've jumped too soon or we haven't jumped at all. Where we haven't followed your timing, we recall those things and we... Lord, we repent of those things. We lay them at the foot of the cross. Those times where we've stuffed up. Those times where we've just got it way wrong. We've stepped out on our own strength and we've got it wrong. Or maybe we listened to the wrong people. Or maybe we've acted in the wrong ways. Or whatever it is, we lay it before you today, Jesus. You are the redeemer. You are the healer. You are the one who loves to turn things around. And so I pray this morning with each and every one of us as we do that, you would turn things around you would right wrongs, you would correct mistakes, you would bring positive voices into our lives. And Lord, where, where we need to stop things, where we need to prohibit things, where we need to block things, you'll show us those things, but that we would listen to you. I pray that the timing of God would be so loud and clear upon us. There's some of you in this room who right now are looking at making some key decisions uh, for work, Uh, some key decisions for living conditions and God wants to speak to you but he'll speak to you probably through the back of your head not through the front of your head and so listen to him look for him look for witnesses close people to you who will give you a witness and so when we do that we're listening to the father Lord, I pray you would speak. You would speak over us as your people. You would turn on the throttle where we where we have wanted to maybe step back and you're calling us forward. Lord, you'd show us the throttle. Th- show us the power band. Show us what you have for us, Lord. And I pray that you would speak even in this coming season, in this next four weeks as as, as we're slaving for the gospel uh, in October. Lord, you would speak over this house great words. You would speak over all of our people. We thank you for everything you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. (laughs) Give five people a high five. And the next assignment is you need to go and meet someone who you do not know. Go and meet someone who you do not know and then grab a coffee.